Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Devo with Pat and Jamie. Um, Pat, we're in one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible today. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. I didn't even know that when I was putting together the schedule of the Devos that we're going to do. I plan them out. I have all of October planned out, too. And I had no idea <laughs> that this is your favorite, favorite passage. So we're yeah. in Philippians 2. We're going to check out the beginning of it. Jamie, why is this your favorite passage? Uh, years ago, I wanted to go to a camp and my parents didn't really have the cash for the camp. And the pastor was like, hey, we have a scholarship. You can go, but I'm going to make you work for it. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He's like, you're going to have to memorize scripture. And so he handed me a little card with sections of this to remember. And so I had to like try to memorize it. But the wording of this, by the way, is really awkward. Uh, it's not like normal language. It's kind of like choppy and a little different. So I had a hard time memorizing it. But um, he gave he gave me the scholarship and I got to go to camp and it was great. And then as I memorized it, I started to think about it more and look at the passage more and realize that it was about Jesus and his humility uh, so anyway, there's just a lot, there, there's a lot in it. That's really good. How, how old were you when you had to memorize it? It's probably in eighth grade or ninth grade or something like that. A nice, nice. That's awesome. So did you, uh, memorize the part that we're going to look over today versus five through 11? I don't think so. I remember a lot of it, but I don't think I memorized it then. Maybe I did. Awesome. Well, uh, here's what we're going to do. Go ahead and channel your inner eighth grade self and go oh ahead gosh. and read verses five through 11. <laughs> I will. I'm going to read them because I don't want to get it wrong. Is that okay, Pat? Yeah, that's, that's fine. I won't try to memorize them. I'll, I'll actually read them. I got it. Okay. The, the, yeah. So here we go. Philippians two verses five through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Mm -hmm. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, this is a little bit more loaded passage, so we're going to jump right into it. Verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, I don't, I, I think you can replace that first part of this sentence with anything. <laughs> when you're working on your car, have the same mindset as Jesus. <laughs> when you're when you're at the grocery store checking out, have the same mindset as Jesus. This is like, you know, you can put whatever you want in front of it. When you it is universally <laughs> true. That is true. When you when it's 8 a.m. and you haven't had your first cup of coffee, have the same mindset of Jesus. Now that that particular one's open to a little interpretation. <laughs> we don't know what kind of uh caffeine coffee drinker what, Jesus might have been but <laughs> yeah what did what coffee did Jesus drink I don't know the answer to that right but in today's passage 
we're just talking about relationships with one another. And I think that goes above and beyond. Uh, I think that's like includes friendships and acquaintances and coworkers, just anytime, you know, neighbors, anything, anytime you're close with one another and you know, someone, you know, their name and maybe a little bit more. I think that's like the definition of relationship we're working with. And, you know, this is a letter, we know this, that this is a letter to the, uh, to the, the church at Philippi and that in this letter, um, he's, he's writing to the church. And so in some ways this, this is to kind of, you know, general relationships. In some ways it's like your church relationships, you know, the people that are closest to you. So, you know, I I wonder how we treat each other in the church. You know, do, do we as a church treat each other well? Do we treat each other in this the way that that Jesus would uh, would treat uh, would treat us, right? Um, and the answer is we probably fall short. But yeah. let's see how we fall short. And before we jump right into verse six, I have to say something that is important to this, and that is that this verse six through eleven is considered to be the oldest Christian song. And if you look in your Bible and, and if you have like a printed Bible, even if you have one that like on the internet, it should show this. It should show that the, the type set on this is, is changed. So it's typed out more like a poem than just a block of words. And mm. that is to indicate that this uh, is set apart as some different language, that the language here is not the same language that Paul might use uh, and that he is quoting a Christian hymn that possibly was sung uh, as a part of, of worship. And the assumption might be that this was a hymn that the Philippians would have known. Um, so Paul is like quoting this hymn. Yeah, that is, that's amazing. Learn something new. I know in my online Bible, it is shown a little differently. And uh, like you said, the cadence and the wording is a little different. So you can kind of tell that it has some different, properties just even looking at verse six the first line of it very interesting who being in very nature god that's like a kind of a interesting way to say it did not consider equality with god something to be used to his or her own advantage so i love this pat i love this this specific verse i love it for a lot of reasons but one is it's a little awkward at the beginning, right? So who, that means Jesus, who is in very nature is God. And this gives us a little glimpse into the Trinity, right? Um, and, and it says very nature, but but the word itself could be uh, in very form. So like the word in, in the, the Greek is morphe, which is like morph or to change. So like if you think of the mighty Morphin Power Rangers, if you're a Power Rangers fan, um, <laughs> it's like the form. So it's like Jesus, who who is God, right? So they're already, this concept of the Trinity is already sort of being like kind of figured out here. Right. So who being very nature God didn't consider equality, didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Now this whole phrase, something to be used to his own advantage is an interesting, it's one word really. That entire phrase is one word Uh, who didn't consider equality with God. And then the whole something to be used to his own advantage is one word. Um, And that word can actually be used to my favorite translation of it is uh, like pirates booty. 
Oh. <laughs> Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah. So a pirate's booty, it's like, it's something that pirates have, right? But it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, they're not really supposed to have it. Right. It's like something to their own advantage. So this is an interesting fact about Jesus. So Jesus, who is God, decided not to take that privilege and use it to his own advantage. But, verse 7, I'll let you continue, Pat. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So, you know, Jesus in the flesh, and he he could have gone around as this big flashy guy, you know, on a big, uh, beautiful chariot or car or whatever, and looking really uh, amazing like a king. But instead, he he didn't. He uh, made himself nothing and even like a servant. And so it really puts it into perspective. You know, he was not trying to flex his uh, Christ-like nature. He just really wanted to be like you and me. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't like, I'm going to go channel my, uh, my God powers now and make this happen. Instead... Instead of being the form of God, right? That was the beginning, verse 6, who be in the very form of God. Instead, it says he takes the very form of a servant. Yeah. Uh, which is a pretty low thing. Uh, Doulos do is the word for it. And it's 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 not just servant. It's like slave. Yeah. This is like, this is, this is a very low position in the world at this point. Right. So Jesus, instead of taking... Instead of taking the form of God, takes the form of uh, of a servant. Now, again, I'm talking about Power Rangers, but I don't know if you remember. Um, there was one. I think it was the Green. Is the Green Lantern? Who Who was it? They would say in the form of, and then they would change into whatever that form was. You know, to be honest with you, I've never seen the Power Rangers. Well, this is, I think this is Green Lantern. I've never seen that either. <laughs> I'm, I, you always are bringing in movies. And I think last week we talked about Indiana Jones and something else. And I, dude, I am not a movie guy. <laughs> I go to the movie theater and spend the $8 to watch a movie and f- sleep. <laughs> like I can't make it through movies. Yeah. In it's probably not your, your thing. I know. I haven't seen well, Star Wars. I think Wars somewhere, maybe one of our, maybe one of our viewers could tell us who says. I think there's some superhero somewhere who changes to the like their power is to change into the form of something. Oh, um, and so they choose stuff like to the form of a lion or to the form of something else. So if like, you're thinking of like going into the world and being powerful, what would you change to the form of a king? I don't know. <laughs> So king, let's say you're like, I'm going to be a king. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to change to the form of an elephant. And then I'm going to eat the king or something, right? Like you can, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if elephants eat kings, but I'm just thinking you might pick the most powerful thing you can think of. Um, Jesus could change, you know, Jesus was God, but Jesus chose to empty himself of his rightful place. Yeah. And to step down and to become a slave. Yeah. And he didn't choose the, uh, he, it doesn't say he chose the nature of a human. It says he's, he was being made in human likeness or which is human form or appearance. Yeah. But his nature was, uh, was God. His nature he chose was a servant. And he did something that's very interesting. He emptied himself when it says he made himself nothing. That again is one word. 
which is he, he emptied himself, which is crazy to think like if you were God and you had all God power that you would empty, you would choose to empty yourself of all that power. You know, it reminds me of the TV show Undercover Boss. You know, oh, yeah. the, like the big time CEOs, they put on the disguise and everything and they go and try to get a job at their own company just to kind of get a glimpse of what's going on. This is like the ultimate undercover boss, but it has like the biggest meaning in the world at the end of it. And the right, verse eight and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Crazy. It's like amazing. It's crazy. He, he took the undercover boss to the cross, like to say in a really simple and uh, relating to undercover boss term. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned undercover boss and, uh, you know, the question of all this is like, well, what does this mean? How do I live this out? Uh, I was walking into the office just several minutes ago. And as I was walking in, there's a guy who works on staff. His name's Jose. And Jose is the boss of the facilities. So mm -hmm. like this entire place, he's in charge. And if something needs to get fixed, he either hires a company to fix it or he gets one of his staff to fix it. Or if things need to be cleaned, he'll do that. Well, I was walking in and I looked over and there he was with a shovel in his hand, digging a hole in the ground. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just looked over. I'm like, whoa, the boss is, uh, the boss is working today. And he just kind of laughed and he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just working. And to me, that's a great example of someone who is humble. Like he doesn't mm -hmm. have to dig a hole in the ground. Right. He's, you know, he's a guy who's, who's high up enough in organization of the church that he can have people do that he doesn't have to do it himself but he chose to do it himself yeah and i don't know why i don't think he like lost a bet or something um i think <laughs> i think my guess is uh is that he wants to help he wants to you know choose to do something that's hard yeah yeah you know like verse eight he's humbling himself he's uh finding the appearance of uh, his man of his staff, the men in his staff and humbling himself doing what, what they are called to do also. Yeah. And then if you think about Jesus, so he gave up his God powers, he takes on the nature of a servant and what is, or a slave, what does a slave have? Pretty much all a slave has is just their life. That's it. Right. Yeah. They don't have stuff. They don't have, they don't even have freedom. So he gives that all up and then he even takes it a step further and becomes obedient to even dying and not yeah. just dying death on a cross. Now, why would it say even death on a cross? And that was because death on a cross was considered to be the worst death, not because of the, it was painful, agonizing. That's all true. Yeah. But it was considered to be one of the worst because of the shame involved in it. Oh. It was a shameful way to die. Yeah. Very, uh, very public out and open, very public out in the open, up in the sky. Um, Yes. And you are not, you know, you're not wearing robes uh, and you're not looking like you're a big deal and you're not, you know, being killed in a way that is, has any glory and honor. It's like all of your glory and honor has been taken away. And you're up there suffering and there's people watching and yes. maybe even sometimes cheering or crying or, and not definitely not helping, you know. 
And it was not the way that anyone would want to die. Uh, obviously, people who are given the death penalty, they probably would want it to be quick and painless. This was something that would take hours, uh, hours and hours. Um, and so he became obedient, not just to dying, but to, to dying on a cross. He took, instead of taking, uh, instead of taking a kingly throne, he chose a cross. Yeah. But then, you know, let's, let's pay attention to, to what happened in verse That's nine. Right. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. So it's like the song started at the bottom. Now we're here. You know, he, that's right. Jesus kind of started on top, chose to go to the bottom and then, uh, went all the way back up to the highest place just in, in the way that he does. Yes. And it's crazy. The language in this, it's like, therefore God, and, and the word that keeps coming up in the Greek is, is it's kind of like where we get the word hyper from hyper being like the most. Uh-huh. So it's like, therefore God like hyped him up to the most hype place. This is again, this is just Greek stuff. Yeah. Uh, and gave him the name that is more hype than any other name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that word, that kind of phrase, that, that hype or whatever is, is in there like three times. So it's like God took him and elevated him up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. Uh, and because Jesus is elevated, and this is the cool part, right? Every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So he chose not to be elevated, but God elevated him. Right. Yeah. You know, the verse, I like how in verse 10, that the name of G at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That's, that's everything above here and under. (laughs) That's amazing. And this, think about it. This was like a song. So people might've been like singing this together. Yeah. Uh, to is like a form of worship or Sarah chanting this together as a form of worship. Even, I mean, this is, this like, this sings when you even read this, you're like, Whoa, you can like hear a hallelujah. Yeah. Well, you think about Paul also, as he's writing this in prison, supposedly, you know, this was probably something that he, a song that he would sing a lot. You know, it was probably something that got him through, uh, really difficult times because he was probably feeling a little bit like the person who had nothing, who was trying to still be Christ-like in an, in a cell. And it's got to, this had to have been a very moving and important song in his time there. Yes. And, and something that is, it, it's a good reminder and the the deep theological implications here when you look at you know God's relationship to Jesus and Jesus and God being together when you look at, at Jesus emptying himself um, of you know there's a lot of theology that comes out of just that idea of God emptying himself like when Jesus was on earth maybe he wasn't with the same powers you would think that God had and he really was just fully a man and fully God but but he was he had let those God powers go and just was a man. Um, and there's a lot of deep kind of thinking that goes around. Well, what does that mean? Um, and what's good news for all of us is that God elevated him. 
Yeah. And that when we give up and when we're humble, God will elevate us. Right. We don't need to worry about, about us, you know, being on the throne. We don't need to worry about us being elevated and lifted higher than other people. We don't need to, we don't need to worry about grabbing power for ourselves. Instead, we need to look at being slaves for God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Be more Christ-like. We have to remember all of this in our relationships to empty ourselves, be humble, and God will lift us up. Amen. Amen. 